This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can always get in touch with us. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We've talked a lot of NBA today. We've talked NFL. Let's talk some college football with the college football reporter for The Athletic. He's Bruce Feldman, and he joins us now. Bruce, thanks so much for the time. Good to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Bruce, can't wait to see you again on a college football sideline. Uh, always enjoy our visits. Uh, but, man, Elite 11, there's two of your columns I look forward to, we look forward to every year. That is your post-Elite 11 and then obviously the Freaks, which happens right before college football season where you get the lowdown on some of the best athletes and their measurables going into the college football season. But Elite, Elite 11 just wrapped up. You've been doing this, what, now 20-plus years when it comes to Elite 11, for people who don't know what this camp is, describe it for them. Yeah, it's really the top high school quarterbacks in the country, uh, from all over the country, gathering in Southern California. It's moved around. You know, Sometimes it's been in, in your backyard in Texas, and sometimes it's been in Nike's backyard in Oregon, but mostly it's been in Southern California. And there'll be also a, probably a half dozen uh, of the top College quarterbacks will be out there as counselors as well. And there's a lot of good private coaches and former NFL quarterbacks who help out. And my colleague, Chris Peterson, the old Washington coaches out there also. I mean, it's a really cool event for, for this year. It was three days. Sometimes it's a little longer than that. And um, you just get to see how guys compete. It doesn't mean that, you know, look, they're out in, in shorts and T-shirts. There's no, there's no helmets and pads. Um, there's really not pass rushers. So, but there are some really good athletes, both as receivers and defensive backs out there in the seven-on-seven side. So it's, it's fun to see how guys respond to that kind of moment, you know, because this is one of the rare times where a lot of these guys are seeing the other quarterback or the quarterbacks around them are as talented, if not, not more talented, than they are. Bruce, what do NFL GMs and scouts look for when they attend Elite 11? What are you hearing them talk about when they leave this camp? Well, I think for the big things, what, what people want to see is how do they respond to adversity? You know, and there's one particular quarterback who is, you know, was, came in there as a high four-star, and I was talking to Chris Peterson, and I were kind of watching off to the side, and he had thrown a pick in the seven-on-seven competition. You could just see kind of the, you know, because there's no helmet out there, and you're you can see the looks on guys' faces. How do they respond? I think people want to see that because all these guys have a lot of talent. And again, this is, you know, they're, th- they're not throwing to their receivers. It's a different kind of environment. But I think you do want to see how guys respond to it, to, to maybe when it doesn't go exactly how they think it's going to go, or maybe when they're not at their best. And so it's really the competitive aspect, I think, is, is probably a, a, the best tell. I mean, we can all get caught up on, oh, this guy's mechanics look a little off or maybe not as clean as, as you're expecting. And, and, you know, like when they go to colleges, maybe they'll work with a, a private quarterback coach who may overhaul some things and, 
And I think, but it's the, it's the, you know, it's the mental side because as Ian said, I've been around this for 20 years. You've seen a lot of guys come through here, you know, whether it's guys like Trevor Lawrence or, you know, Justin Fields who really shine in this kind of setting. And then there's some other guys who, who you can kind of look at and go, Ooh, this maybe is something to keep an eye on. You know, they, they're really hyped as they come out of high school, but maybe when they get someplace else, maybe they won't respond too well to the adversity or when the spotlight gets a lot bigger than it is now. Bruce Feldman has a tremendous piece on The Athletic. Highly recommend going and reading a college football reporter for The Athletic and coverage games for Fox. Joining us here on ESPN Radio with Michelle Smallman. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. And, and Bruce, Dylan Rayola, uh, Dominic Rayola's son, obviously legendary center for the, new, uh, for, uh, for the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford was his quarterback for years. Dylan Rayola decommits from Ohio State at Elite 11, now committed to Georgia. When you watched him out there and – you know, talking about everything you just described, what did you see with the future Georgia Bulldog and son of a legendary NFL player in Dominic Raiola? The physical aspect of him, you know, you're wowed by him. He looks like a grown man. He is, he's, I don't know, he's not quite 6'3", but he's close to 230 pounds. Big, thick, lower body, and he's effortlessly, you know, it looked really easy in terms of when, when guys are out there, and they know that there are cameras on them, and they know that they're, you know, there's monitors going to chart the ball speed. And you're looking at them; it's almost like they're squeezing the air out of the ball. He really looked like it was just all easy for him. Um, you know, it's not to say every throw was on the money, but he exudes so much confidence. He doesn't really rush, but he plays quickly. He can throw all kinds of passes. One of the one of the coaches who was out of eleven said to me, he was like. He's, he's really what I would call a pure passer. And one of the guys said, it reminds me a little bit of a much bigger Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson's, you know, not a skinny guy, but he's five ten and a half, and he can make every kind of throw and has a really good arm and really smooth athlete. And there's a lot of that in Rayola, except he's probably four inches taller. Um, and he's, you know, he's even bigger. And uh, the first time I saw him in person was a year ago. It was at an Elite 11 regional out here. And I was a little skeptical coming in because it's just like, oh, you know, a lot of times you see the guy gets really hyped up, and especially when it's somebody who's a second generation. As you said, Ian, you know, his dad was a great, was a great football player. Um, and, I, you know, I was really impressed with how he carried himself, how he, how he was around a lot of people. It was just like there was something really cool but not cold about him. He was just very um, – he was just impressive. He was impressive this time around. Um, again, it's not to say he was, he was, every throw was perfect, but you know, they're throwing a ton of passes to different receivers for three days in a row. Um, I just, you know, he looked like what he's supposed to be a five-star and the number one guy in the class. He, to me, he deserves it. He, he that's exactly what, what I thought, what I, I see what those guys are talking about. College football reporter for The Athletic and Fox, Bruce Feldman, joining Michelle Smallman and Ian Fitzsimmons. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And, Bruce, you're saying Dylan Rayola was the name on the marquee, lived up to the hype. Who else stood out to you? Julian Sayan, uh, no pun intended, from Southern California. He's in, in Carlsbad. He's committed to Alabama, so obviously he was not like an under-the-radar guy, but I think he's ranked uh, number four among the quarterbacks in the class. He was so good. Um, he, the guys I talked to who had studied him on film were the coaches who, who run the camp thought his arm strength was even better than it looked on film. Now, look, he's, 
the stuff they saw in film mostly was from some six to nine months ago. So he's gotten stronger. Um, he was so accurate. There's a lot, a lot of times it looked like just kind of the shortstop slinging it around. I mean, he reminded me in terms of presence and how he kind of was just really cool and really accurate. A couple of years ago, Cade Klubnick uh, was out here and just kind of, I think Cade Klubnick was a guy who people liked and then they kind of loved him coming out of it. He wasn't the most hyped guy going in that year. I think, um, it was the same time where somebody else from Texas who was, you know, there was other quarterbacks who probably had more hype, but he looked really good and he's off to a nice start at Clemson. Julian Sane, I thought, looked excellent. I mean, he he won the MVP at this camp and, you know, he, he just kept on getting better and better from the from the Wednesday night throwing where you're, you just watched him slinging it around. It was just a little bit different than all the other quarterbacks. He's not a big guy. He's probably 6'2", 190 pounds. He doesn't have a huge frame, but he just looked really, really in command and, and was so impressive. I think Alabama got themselves a really good one. I wouldn't be surprised if he if his star rating goes up another level after this, after this week out here. Great piece. Go read it on The Athletic. Uh, Bruce, always enjoy it. Can't wait for the freaks to come out coming up in August, right before college football season begins. That's one of our favorite reads. And before we turn to you loose, you strike us as a road trip guy. I'm on a three-week road trip right now with my daughter, Rowan, going from elite soccer camp to soccer camp. Is there a go-to snack that you have when you're on a road trip? Oof. It's probably something. I'll, t- I'll tell you the flip side of this. I did a long road trip back in the old days of the ABCD basketball camp. And this was like 25 years ago. And I remember I was driving from like the Northeast to Indiana. It was like that Indiana, IUPUI, Indiana Purdue University. Um, and I remember I packed a bunch of grapes. I don't know what I was thinking. Cause I think I ate a bunch of grapes in the car. And then all of a sudden I was like, I had to stop, you know, it was like, I'm at home just like three, three bottles of water. Um, not smart. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of taking protein bars cause at least they'll, you know, fill you up a little bit. I usually Bruce, do that. Um, you're a but, smart guy, dude. <laughs> grapes may be the worst decision on a road trip. They're, they're from such a, a bad idea. Such <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> Unbelievable. Man, thanks for the time. Great read. If you're a college football fan, NFL fan, go check it out. It's the Elite 11. It's the elite of the elite when it comes to quarterbacks. Thanks, boss. Appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Done and done. Thanks, Bruce. Bruce Feldman here with us on ESPN Radio. Michelle, your face and my face when he said a massive bag of grapes. Of all no. things, Ian, grapes no. would never no. – it wouldn't even crack my to, my top 25 nope. of options for a road trip snack. If you're on a vacation in the summer, the frozen grape is arguably the most underrated treat ever. And if you've never taken grapes, wash them off, and put them in the freezer for about four or five hours, they are – the most satisfying, refreshing, hot summer treat, in my opinion, out there. Better than a damn Otter Pop. But on a road trip, hell no. Okay, we no. want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. What's your road trip snack of choice? And Ian, I didn't even get yours. We got Ryan McGee's earlier in the show. We just got Bruce Feldman's. I revealed that mine is ranch corn nuts. Very important. You also need to get a... Those. A fountain root beer along with 
the ranch corn nuts elite combo. Just saying. Take my word for it. But Ian, what's it's your snack salt, of choice? I, it's the salt from the corn nuts, uh-huh. right? With the carbonation Correct. of the soda. That, there you go. You it nailed kind of it. pops on the palate. Yeah, you I nailed get it. it. Uh, we, we are a milk dud and cheddar cheese combo family. We used to be the pretzel combo. Now it's the milk dud and cheddar cheese combo that gets destroyed and dominated in the Dodge 1500, Laramie. Yeah, I mean. Are you um, being punished crushing. for something? No, I mean, <laughs> we, it's 10 years running. I never milk eat duds. milk duds. I never eat combos outside of the road trip. Ever. Milk, milk duds get stuck in your teeth. Uh, They're not particularly delicious. Well aware, if, you, if you've got fillings, you might have a problem because <laughs> one might just get zapped out of there by said milk dud. I know. I get it. The only oh, other real. time I eat milk duds, actually every now and then when I go to a movie, I will get milk duds and put them. It's something Kirk Street taught me when I was doing a show with him 20 years ago in Columbus, Ohio. And I still do this to this day. You drop about five to ten milk duds into your popcorn at the movie, mm-hmm. and every now and then you get a little treat. When you're just but digging again, in the popcorn, and all of a sudden it's like, here's a milk dud. Bam. So my yeah. movie snack of choice is popcorn, lightly salted, light, lightly buttered, mixed in with Reese's Pieces. So I don't know if Same Reese's philosophy. Pieces exist. Why you would Why you would ever choose milk duds. So you and Herbie are, are uh, <laughs> along the same line. I mean, but it's it's similar, right? Where all of a sudden you get this little, oh wait, wait, that 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 wasn't popcorn. That was a surprise. Very tasty. Kind of the same philosophy. All right, let's hear from West in Wyoming. Let's go to the calls here because we see them lighting up like a Christmas tree. People are probably wanting to tell Ian how terrible milk duds are. But West in Wyoming, I, what's your road trip snack of choice? <laughs> You know, you got to make a double batch of Chex Mix, but you put pretzels in it and uh, pita chips and maybe Reese's Pieces, you know, just for a little sweetness. But the salt is what you need. Oh, okay, so, Wes, so, you're not going wow. with the store-bought Chex Mix. You're making your own in your kitchen in a big-ass Ziploc before you get in the <laughs> truck and head on the road. Two Ziplocs. Oh, two Ziplocs. <laughs> This is a man who is prepared. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate the call. Now, you know what I enjoy more than Chex Mix, Ian, is puppy chow. But I don't think puppy chow would be a great road trip selection because it gets all over your hands. So if you're driving, it's a a messy. Excuse me. You've never heard of puppy chow? Nope. Do you call them muddy buddies? Muddy buddies, maybe, in your neck of the woods? Okay. Nope. It's checks and it's melted chocolate, peanut butter, and then powdered sugar over the top. Delicious. Oh, hell yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Anything unhealthy on a road trip, I'm all about it. So, yes, let's go. Grapes, Bruce Feldman, you're out. That, I'm in. Let's go to Chad, who's checking in, Ian, and he's on a road trip right now. I am, I am, I am. So, uh, heading from Raleigh to just north of New York City. And my go-to on every road trip is pork grinds and cheer wine. And if I can't find pork grinds and cheer wine, it'll be barbecue pork grinds and a Mountain Dew. What's the, what's the beverage there? Am I missing this? Cheer wine. I don't know that. It's like a Dr. Pepper, but like cherry, more cherry-ish. Never it's, heard of it. It's big in the South. Wow. Pork rinds, though. All right, so, look, I'm a proud son of the boot of Louisiana. I'm a boot boy. Mm -hmm. 
My dad loved the, the pork rind. You know, my brothers loved the pork rind. I could never get down on the pork rind. Knowing that it's like deep fried pig skin, whatever. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I'm out. Really? That that surprises yeah. me. And no. I would take you for a pork rind no. guy. He wouldn't have taken me for a milk dad guy on a road trip. But That's hey, look, true. And, I just and you combos. Better taste and the them, cheddar right? cheese, not the original pretzel, but the cheddar cheese. There you go. Okay. Let's get to one more call. Mark in Texas is joining us. Mark, what's your road trip snack of choice? M&M's and popcorn. Mm. Classic. There you go. I'm in. You can handle that. You had a David Freeze story also? You were talking about David Freeze? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it reminded me of a story of Ving Rhames. He won the Golden Globe for his portrayal of Don King only in America. And when he got called up stage to collect his Golden Globe... He turned it down, asked Jack Lemon to come up on stage, and he gave it to Jack Lemon. I believe Jack was up for uh, Blaine Garrett's Glenn Ross. But he turned it down and gave it to Jack Lemon. And I thought that was extremely classy. And when David Freeze did that, it automatically made me think of him. Great story. I did not know that about Ving Rhames and, and, and the late, great Jack Lemon, who was obviously one of the great actors. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is a tremendous movie that stands the test of time. Without a doubt. I, I didn't know. Michelle, did you know that about Ving Rhames? I don't remember I that. didn't know that. Not at all. And, Ian, we, we were talking about David Freeze declining his induction into the Cardinals Hall of Fame earlier. What's your take on the people who are upset that he's declining this honor because the fans voted him in? And it should be the fans' choice who represents their Hall of Fame. I'm, look, I'm going to defer to you on this because you, you, you I covered the Texas Rangers side of it. You are from St. Louis. You know that fan base. Um and I respect David Freeze because the way I read into it was he didn't think he was worthy for his entire career to be in that hollowed Hall of Fame with Stan the Man Usual and the Bob Gibsons and the Albert Pujols. You're talking about the best of the best, right? I mean, St. Louis, the Yankees, I mean, those two halls, right? Those two franchises, I mean, that's the Red Sox and. I don't know. I mean, is, is there another one you can throw in there as far as just a, a conglomerate of legendary players? And he didn't feel that he was worthy to be in there with those guys. Now, the fans voted him in. I'm going to defer to you. I, I respect the heck out of him for saying I'm not worthy, worthy to be in there with those guys. But you lived it. You, you covered that team. You tell me. I think he should be in. Because I think when it comes to St. Louis Cardinal legends, David Freeze is right up there. And part of the reason why the Cardinals are such a storied franchise is because of their World Series success. And a lot of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, in addition to being great players all around, Hall of Fame players all around, they were Hall of Fame postseason players. And you do not have a banner hanging for 2011 without David Freeze. And Ian, you play to win the game. You don't pay, play to be the best you, reg, regular season uh, player. You play to win championships. And because when the pressure was the highest, they're down to their final strike twice. When the lights are shining the brightest, this guy stood up and got it done, not only in the World Series as the World Series MVP, but the NL- NLCS MVP. And so while I respect him being humble and self-aware that he didn't have the same career in totality as guys like Ozzie Smith, I think he deserves to wear the red jacket. That's just me. 
So are you upset? We've got 10 seconds. Are you upset with him for declining because he did not feel he was worthy? No, I'm not because it's his honor and it's his choice. <laughs> He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. And coming up next, did Ricky Fowler choke his best chance at winning the U.S. Open? We're going to talk about it next. Keep it on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Wyndham Clark has played bigger than the biggest names of the game. Even par 70 in the final round, good enough to post 10 under par and win the 123rd United States Open. This is now my second win um, on the PJ Tour, and first one was surreal, and this one's surreal. So, you know, it hasn't quite hit me yet. Walking up 18 was pretty emotional, and then finishing. But, yeah, it's been a whirlwind of the last five, six weeks. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius, Sirius XM Channel 80. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. As you just heard, the 123rd U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club yesterday, Wyndham Clark walking away victorious. We talk about it now with our ESPN golf reporter, Mark Schlebaugh, who joins us here on Canty and Carlin. Mark, thanks so much for the time. How are you doing today? Good. How are y'all? We are doing great. And Wyndham Clark walking away victorious at the U.S. Open yesterday. A lot of people in golf think this is just the beginning for him. What do you think? Is Wyndham Clark here to stay? Yeah, I think that win at the Wells Fargo Championship about five weeks ago just really took his his confidence to a completely different level. Um, You know, that was a designated field. Faced many of the guys he faced at the U.S. Open. So, you know, I think two wins in the last five five weeks 
kind of solidifies him as, as one of the up-and-comers, but he knocks the stew out of the ball off the tee. I think he was fifth in scoring uh, and driving average at the U.S. Open. He was top 10 in strokes game, short game, strokes game, putting. Um, he's got a complete game. His putting hasn't been as good in the past as it was this week, but but uh, he's talented for sure. Schleyball, he comes across as a guy that is like just another dude. I mean, you've been around him. I mean, what, what's he like? Is he one of those guys that can be a, quote, fan favorite, for lack of a better term? Yeah, I mean, he's got some personality to him. I, I think, you know, he he said the biggest thing until five weeks ago was just lack of confidence. Um, he said he wanted to come into the week this past week. Cocky was the word he used in. And, um, you know, great story. I mean, tragic story, but really a great story of of perseverance and overcoming some things. His his mother was uh, the one that introduced him to golf at, at age three, and he signed with Oklahoma State, and she had she had battled breast cancer in the past and was in remission, and then it came back with a vengeance his freshman year at Oklahoma State, and she ended up passing away. Um, and she was only 55, and he really struggled with it and really fell off the cliff and, you know, threw clubs, broke clubs, screamed in the car, um, and ended up transferring to, uh, to Oregon. And Casey Martin, who was Tiger Woods' teammate and, the guy who sued the USGA to to be able to use a golf cart because of problems with his leg uh, ended up really resurrecting his career and getting his getting his mind right, getting his swing right, and he ended up winning a Pac-12 championship, and and now here he is. What an unbelievable story. He's Mark Schleybar, ESPN golf reporter here on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. And, and Mark, there's been a lot of talk about L.A. Country Club as a U.S. Open venue. Uh, people didn't like the crowds, the atmosphere. There were some c- complaints about the course. What were you hearing about it? Yeah, I mean, there were a few guys that were pretty vocal about their distaste for it. Uh, Patrick, defending champion, said it wasn't his cup of tea. Uh, Brooks Kepka said he didn't like it. Victor Hovland, who doesn't complain about much of anything, uh, that really surprised me. He said it, it's got some good holes, doesn't have any great holes, it's got some bad holes. Uh, most of them had the same complaints, too many blind tee shots, too many blind shots from the fairways, too much slope in the fairways. Fitzpatrick said, you know, you hit a perfect drive and there's so much slope in the fairway that it just rolls through and you're stuck in the rough. And another guy hits a terrible tee shot that's way offline and it rolls down the fairway and he's got a really nice second shot. So, I mean, I just the USGA was in a difficult position and I'm not defending the USGA, but, you know, it had never been there. Um, I think the setup, in the beginning, they were trying to figure out what they had. And just that marine layer just hung around, hung around, hung around, and, and really kept the moisture in the greens and the fairways. And it started to dry out over the weekend. And it got more difficult. I mean, Ricky Fowler threw up a 62 on Thursday. Xander Shoffley threw up a 62 on uh, Thursday. And, you know, Ricky ends up 7-under, and Shoffley was probably worse than that. So, you know, the winner was at 10. So everybody thought it was going to be twenty under par, and and it got it got more difficult each day. Yeah, but you know what? Those complaining, you, you want to go back to where a three over wins a U.S. Open? I mean, shut the hell up! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And I look, and I look, you know, I I like Brooks Kepka. I love that he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and 
love the arrogance that oozes out of him. But if he'd have been 10 under on Friday, I don't think he would have had any complaints about the course. Amen. There's no doubt. Mark Slaybaugh joining us here on ESPN Radio. He was out at the U.S. Open here with Michelle Smallman on me and Fitzsimmons. Uh, as far as Rory goes, I man, I felt like he had it, especially when the when the, the golf gods gave him a gift on 14, wearing, wearing that, that ball plugs in, in a bunker, and he gets relief, which he wouldn't have gotten, what, three years ago? And he gets it, and then he yokes it. So describe the opportunity that Rory McIlroy had and missed. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's almost nine years since he last won a major, and he keeps knocking on the door. I think he's in the top ten, seven out of the last nine majors. Um, probably he was top ten all of the last four last year, so five out of the last seven. Um, you know, he, he seems like he's closer than ever to get one, but at the same time, how many chances do you get? But he's still in the prime of his career. He's still relatively young. You know, I do like the discipline and patience he showed at LACC where he wasn't hitting the driver on every hole. He he hit some hybrids. He hit some long irons. He played smart. Um, You know, he didn't have a birdie after the first hole on Sunday. And, you know, he didn't say this, and far from me to say that this was in his head, but it just looked like at the end, the last four or five holes, he kind of toned it down a little bit, didn't didn't get a lot of great looks, really wasn't firing at pins to try to win it. I just wondered in the back of his mind if he thought maybe Wyndham Clark had never been on that stage and was going to make a big mistake. And Clark made a couple of mistakes, but, but had enough of a lead and enough of a cushion where he was able to hold on. Well, it was entertaining, to say the least, for four days. And now, when, when do you transition, man, to go to from golf reporter to college football insider? SEC media days, I'll see you there in Nashville. Oh, what about three weeks here, S.A.? No, sir. I'll be in uh, Hoy Lake, and then I'll be at the Tour Championship. I don't know when I'm going to transition, because I, I got this lovely 10-day trip to Rome in September for the Ryder Cup. This is a little bit better than Starkville, Ian. I'll miss you. How's that? <laughs> I will miss you. There you go. I'm gonna get and I'm gonna get some time off at some point this century. So we'll <laughs> I hear you, man. Hardest working man in showbiz, Schleyball. We appreciate you, buddy. Great insight. Thank you as always. Thanks. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. You too. That's just, Michelle. That, that shocked me. Like ten years running, I've seen that guy at SEC Media Days. He's not going. I'm no. stunned. He's on the and golf the tour. Of a college football season, Ryder Cup. Right? <laughs> no. Wow. Good for him. Great for Not him. a bad gig either way, Ian. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, what did Jordan Love say yesterday? We're going to dissect his special message to the Bears. That's next on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Michelle Smallman. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. What is Jordan Love doing? We're going to find out, Ian. It's time to play They Said What? They Said What? what? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't, I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They Said What? what? Well, we have to start... They said what with one Jordan Love, Ian. Yesterday was Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day to you, by the way. I hope you had a wonderful day. I was on a road trip with my oldest daughter. Yeah, there you go. What, what better way to spend it, right, than, a, than in a truck going from campus to campus? <laughs> great Father's Day. Great Father's Day. It was. Well, we had a great daddy-daughter three-week stretch here driving across our great country. I love it. Well, Jordan Love, Packers quarterback, he had a Father's Day message, a special Father's Day message to Bears fans. Here's what he had to say. Happy Father's Day to uh, all the Bears fans out there. Go Pack Go. They said what? Ian, this one's a bit of a head scratcher because I think he was trying to diss them, but actually diss himself. Okay. Hang on. So <laughs> if, you, if you're going to do what he just attempted to do, Make sure you get it right. <laughs> like Herm Edwards famously said, don't push send unless you know you've got it down. That's that's one where and I like a lot of people are ripping. Don't press you in. Done, you right, thank you, coach. <laughs> you haven't done anything yet, right? So you shouldn't be talking noise. I don't have a problem with him taking a shot at their arch rival. You know, I, I, zero. If you actually land the line, he didn't. He literally said, happy Father's Day. It felt like he was trying to say, I'm your daddy. Mm-hmm. Or your new daddy. Or whatever, right? But he didn't land the line, therefore, kind of fell on your face. But I, I love the I love the attempt and the thought behind it. I don't care if he hasn't done anything. I love pettiness in sports, right? Oh, yeah. Especially college athletics. But if you want to take a shot at your arch rival, go right ahead. I'm all for it. But make sure you deliver the line. Make sure you stick the landing. He didn't. Therefore, a lot of people are not laughing with Jordan Love, quarterback Green Bay. They are laughing at Jordan Love, quarterback of Green Bay. So, yes, instead of saying, I'm your daddy, it came off like the Chicago Bears are my daddy. And he took to social media and explained what was happening. He said, I was asked to do a special favor for a fan, a Bears fan, while making the video. Didn't think much of it, LOL. But I see y'all really took it and ran with it. Regardless, I hope everyone had a great Father's Day. So it seems like someone Good said recovery. <laughs> Didn't know the backstory, right? So, uh, but still, it, stick the landing. 
right? Either way, it, it didn't come off well, and but a nice recovery, right, on second down because on first <laughs> down you got sacked. Second down, all right, you got the first, and then now we're moving the chains. There you go. And but it's that's one of those where make sure you you before you hit send, make sure you delivered the line that you were attempting or the message you were attempting or you wanted to deliver. And even with that explanation, I don't know if he actually delivered what he was supposed to be delivering. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And speaking of your pettiness in sports, I also love pettiness in sports. It's one of the great things about sports. But don't you think he just gift-wrapped Chicago Bears fan signs and things to throw at him during the season? Just just things that they can oh, yeah. tweet at him about how we're your daddy. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, both games, home and away, there there will be signs. Uh, even if it's not in Chicago, he might go to Ford Field in Detroit, and you'll have hey, where are we where you're. It's, it's going to be any game. There's going to be a sign somewhere because that's the world we live in right now. And Jordan, again, unless you know you've delivered it, you know, and you you've got it lined up perfectly, don't press send. Also, be aware of the fans asking for favors. You got to think twice about that. Maybe think three uh, times about it before you you do something nice for the opposition. Yes, Easy at Fitzsimmons. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, we're going to open something up that we call our sleeper stable, and we're going to let you in on some dark horse NFL teams for this upcoming season. You like that, Ian? Pretty creative. <laughs> it's Candy and Carlin. Keep it here on ESPN Radio Carolina. and the ESPN app. Don't press in. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.